This morning, I want to update you with two exciting announcements um, and uh, that are in regard to the future of our church, which I believe are part of the unfolding vision that God has for Unihill. How many of you know that God's vision doesn't change, but it does unfold? And this morning, I want to bring that to the table. But before I do that, uh, I just want to take 20 minutes just to share a principle that um, God revealed to me. There's about 12 foundational, maybe a bit more, but 12 foundational principles that, you know, I have, uh, God has revealed to me through his word. And um, this particular principle uh, is a principle that I have lived by. It's a principle that I um, have helped to fulfill his purpose. It's a principle that's helped me in leading and in ministry. It's a principle uh, to live life by. And with all its ups and downs, this principle has really helped me. Now, I have forgotten. I oh, know here it is. My Bible is here. I want to read the scripture to you uh, to just highlight this principle. And it's found in Exodus 23, 29 and 30. And I wonder if you could just turn your Bible to, to those passages. Exodus 23. Uh, 29 and 30. The principle is little by little. It's a principle that has helped me to unfold the purposes of God. It's a principle that's helped me lead in ministry. It's a principle that, like I said, has helped me get through life. Uh, Let me just read verse 23 first. Uh, Here we find the children of Israel uh, are about to enter. God is wanting them to enter into their promise. But there are nations that are much stronger than them. There are enemies that before they can enter, they have to deal with these enemies. Let me say this to you. Every promise and every vision that God gives you, there will be enemies attached to it. You need to overcome them. We need to overcome them. They are there to uh, oppose what God wants to do. But God says that he will give us the victory. This is what it says. Verse 23. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and the Vegemites. It sounds like the ites. (laughs) But I will wipe them out. Then verse 29, here's the key to the principle. These, These nations are much stronger. They have been ingrained in this land. Their promise, the promise that God has got for them is in this land, but it's riddled by enemies. And this is what he says. But I, this is verse 29, will not drive them out in a single year because the land would come too desolate And the wild animals too numerous for you. Here's the principle. But little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. What a great principle. What great wisdom that God has got. Here's the wisdom of God that, you know what, we've all got things that we have to work through. But in the wisdom of God, God nurtures us through the journey of his purpose. How many of you know sometimes, you know, there seems to be so many things to get through, to push through, to break through. And, you know, we want it done today. We want it done tomorrow. And sometimes it seems so overwhelming. But here's God's wisdom that he says, you know what, I'll do it a little bit at a time. Because sometimes if he removes everything, 
If he removes everything, we become vacant. There becomes like a vacant land. And sometimes we go back to the same issues if we don't let God take us through little by little. You might be working through something today that's very, very difficult. Let me tell you, uh, take this, take heart today, take faith today that God will lead you little by little. He will take you into the land of promise. The other great thing about God is that to enter into promise, He knows you have to grow in your capacity, in your capacity in all areas of life. He knows for you to enter into his promises, you have to grow emotionally, you have to grow relationally, you have to grow spiritually, and this is the incredible wisdom of God, little by little. Maybe you're here today and you've got on your heart to start a business. It looks impossible. You think, how can I start this? It's in my heart. There's great vision and there's great purpose. Let me tell you something, little by little, just take a step at a time and see what God will do. Maybe today you want to write a book. You know, I just really feel today there's someone here that you've got a desire to write a book. And it looks impossible. You don't even know where to start. Can I just say this? Little by little, buy a notebook. Just start to write some things. Just start to write some thoughts. Let me tell you, great things are accomplished by starting with the little. The Bible says in Zechariah, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Sometimes we never get started because the task, the enemy ahead looks so big that we look at how gigantic, we look at the mountain. But let me tell you, friends, we can conquer mountains if we take a step at a time. That is the wisdom of God. Maybe you're here today and you're a young couple and you want to buy a home and you look at all the facts, you look at all the figures and you think to yourself, how the heck is this going to happen? Friends, just start. Go to the bank. Go and have a look. Go and see. You just don't know what God will do. Just take a step at a time and see what God will do. Maybe today you've got a mountain of problems. Maybe today you're looking at your problems and it's a huge mountain. It's just a huge mountain. You know, the Bible says you only need the faith of that of a little mustard seed. Man, you do a word study on the word little, you'll find some amazing things. And you've got a mountain of problems, a mountain of issues, and you think, how can I get through this? Well, let me tell you this. It's just little by little. Every little step, that mountain gets smaller. Every little step you take up, that mountain will begin to shrink if you do it with the purpose of God. Maybe you're in a... In a study year and you're trying to get a degree or a doctorate maybe you think to yourself how am I going to get there I've got four years to go five years to go those of you who have studied who studied you know man it is it can be a nightmare you think how am I going to get through the exam how am I going to get through this let me tell you all you have to do is take a step at a time God will help you little by little he will help you maybe today you find yourself in a place of grief because of loss. Maybe today you think to yourself, am I ever going to get through this valley? Am I ever going to get to a place where my emotions will come and become stable again, where I can actually feel right again? Sometimes those things are very, very difficult 
to walk through. But today, have heart, have faith in God. Just take that step. Just grab, stand up and say, you know what, Lord, I can walk through this valley of the shadow of death. It says walk, don't stop, because sometimes we want to stop. Sometimes we just want to stand still. But let me tell you, there's a great key here. It might be a simple principle. It might be a little principle. But God can do great things with little things. He can do great miracles with little things. Don't forget that he fed over 5,000 with just two fish and five loaves. All he asks you to do is bring the little. Take that one step. Take that one shift that can happen and God can do amazing things. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me just for a moment? I just really believe that some of you are in a position. Maybe you're thinking, I'm stuck. I just can't seem to move forward. I want you to lift your hands just for a moment. I want you to say, God, I thank you that my journey will be overcome. My journey is one of little by little. The things that look impossible are possible with God. If you take those steps of faith, they don't have to be big steps. They just have to be a little step. Just take that little step. Just live that next day. Just live through that next hour and you will see God do some amazing things. Let me tell you, God wants to do miracles. He wants you to have victory in your journey. But take that step one day at a time. Today, I feel that some of you have stopped. Some of you, I feel like there's a wall in front of you. But today, take that step. Do something in your spirit and say, God, I'm moving forward. Come on, would you lift your voice just for a moment? Come on, would you give him a big hand of praise and say, God, we bless you. God, we thank you for everything that you have done in this place that you want to do in my life. Fantastic. Just be seated this morning. I really believe there's some of you here today, you're looking at mountains, you're walking, you're looking at valleys, you're looking at the impossibility. And, you, you know, that's what the devil's like. He'll come, he'll show you the giants. He'll come, he'll show you the valleys. He'll come, he'll show you the mountains. But they can be overcome little by little. Remember that David killed Goliath with a little stone. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes you to have faith in God. God is fighting for us. He knows. He nurtures us through his promise. That's how we've got here. Little by little. When we look back five and a half years ago, we were not in this building. We were on Bill's Road at Greensboro. There's about 30 or 40 people. I know two groups joined together. Those of you that have been with us, you know the journey. How did we get here? It was little by little. And when we got to Bill's Road, we were there for six months and then we, you know, we, we had to, you know, um, get the building demolished so we could sell the land. And I thought that we would be here in a year. Actually, that's how I got Charles and April here. I took them out for tea and I said, guys, you know, I really believe that you need to come and work with us. And I sold them this great thing. I'm a very, very good, you know, salesperson. I gave them this pitch because I really believe that they were meant to be with us. And I said, guys, in a year, we're going to be in a brand new building. Do you remember? And I even paid. I even paid for the meal. He was excited. We are going to be here. I found this about God. 
He just says, go. He doesn't tell you all the other stuff. I wish he did, because I think if he told us, we wouldn't go. We wouldn't go. You know, Moses, can you imagine when God said to Moses, Moses, go. You read the passage in Exodus. He said, go. That's all he said. Go and deliver my people. That's it. He didn't fill in the blanks. Oh, by the way, Pharaoh's going to resist you ten times. That would have helped. That bit of info would have helped. And by the way, when he releases you, I'm going to harden his heart to follow you and kill you. That, that would have helped a lot. And by the way, I'm going to bring you to a dead end, to the Red Sea, so you, there's no way out. Now, do you think he would have gone, no? God does not fill in the blanks. He just says, go. He's looking for people that will go. And they'll, he'll fill in the blanks as you go. All you need to do is take a step at a time. Now, if he had told me the journey that we were going to be on, I would have gone, you know what? I think I'll look for another role, another position. Because from there, we went to the Seventh-day Adventist church. How many of you were on our journey? Do you remember? I hated that building. I'm sorry to say that. It is a nice building, but you know what? We had to go there. We had to meet at 3 o'clock. I hated meeting at 3 o'clock. I mean, it's my sleep time. You know, I, I mean, I'm getting older. I eat. Jazz, Jazzy, you were right on. And let me tell you, we don't just think about lunch. When we wake up in the morning, we're thinking about what are we going to have for breakfast? What are we going to have for lunch? And what are we going to have for tea? And when are we going to have our little nana naps? That's what our, that's what our life's like. Three o'clock in the afternoon, it's my nana time, you know what I mean? Who wants to go to church? I'm sorry. Even God was up there going, excuse me, guys, three o'clock, come on. No, I'm only joking. I did, we were there for six weeks. This morning, I found out that it was actually Jean and John Tom that actually joined our church while we were there for six weeks, little by little. I think we grew to about 80 people. And then we went to Mill Park Secondary College. Who remembers Mill Park Secondary College? And, you know, with the, with the leaks in the roof. And, you know, when it had rained, we, we would pray every, every weekend, please, God, don't let it rain. Can you let the sun come out? Because the rain, there would be huge puddles. I walked in one morning, there was six huge puddles. I thought, God, how are we going to have church? I was so depressed. And then I started laughing. I was there by myself that morning. I got there earlier and I started laughing. I felt like dancing in the rain. It was amazing. Because you know what? It was all about God's purpose. It was all about what God wanted to do. And sometimes let the, let the roof leak and let all sorts of different things happen. So what? Let's lift our hands and praise God. And then who remembers the white seats? Those white plastic chairs that we bought for $8. Do you remember, Charles? Because the school, the school would not give us the chairs. We had to buy eight chairs. We bought them because, number one, they were cheap. We bought 100 of them and we could, they were stackable. But they didn't tell us we had to store them in uh, the boiler room. Now, if you know anything about plastic, when you put them in boiler rooms, they start to get brittle. And during the preaching one day, as I'm preaching, this visitor who was sitting on one of our white chairs, all of a sudden we hear this crack, and the two legs broke at the back. And thank God, he was very gracious, but he never came back. So, you know, great, great way to build a church. You've got great faith, great faith. I'm thinking to myself, how the heck did we get through that time? It was called Little by Little. And then we had to get green. We, we begged the school to give us 20 chairs, green chairs. 
because we found out that the white chairs had a rate, weight ratio of 94 kilos. And we realised that some people in our congregation were more blessed than others. Do you know? And so I, so I had to take one of those green chairs because, believe it or not, I weigh more than 94 kilos. How many of you believe that? You know, I'm, I'm actually, this is all muscle. Let me tell you, it's all muscle. And so what happened is that, you know, one of our guys who's always on us about, you know, occupational helpers and safety, check the chair, goes, this is 94 kilos, you know, you, you can't do this. You've... So we used to put the green chairs, 20 green chairs, and we had to make an announcement every Sunday. I mean, please, how do you build a church in these conditions? And we used to say, listen, <laughs> if you are blessed, like our pastor, you need to sit on the green chair, and everybody knew that if you sat on the green chair, it meant that you needed help. You needed to see Jackie because she would help you with the weight ratio. How the heck did we get through that? It's called little by little. God was increasing our faith. God was doing something internally. God was making us bigger on the inside than we were on the outside. And then from there, I'll tell you, it was... It was huge, packed down, set up. We bought a van and the guys that, you know, guys that got up in the morning and sometimes the van was flat. We, oh man, the stories, the laughs, but something was happening. Something was happening inside of us. Little by little we were becoming bigger. And then we found the NMIT building at Greensboro and we all thanked God for that building, even though we could only sit I think it was about 130 people squeezed in, but it had a glass corridor and sometimes we were over, when we were over full, people would stand on the outside and we couldn't get into, it was called building a, a B, we couldn't get into building A because Channel 7 had it and, uh, you know, they, they were occupying it, but 12 months later, Channel 7 left. And we got the premium building, building A. Do you remember building A? And, you know, we could fit 220 people in there. It was awesome, except it had this huge glass wall. And I found people being very distracted during my preaching. They were looking outside to the greenery, and I was thinking, oh, great. How did we get here? Little by little we got here. Then in February 2016, we moved into our promise. This was their promise. They know it's just a building. But you know, the journey that we went through buildings was a spiritual, internal realisation of the journey that God was taking us on the inside. And we thank God for that. But before we, bought, we finished this building in 2015, and some of you have heard this story, in 2015, of December 2015, two months before we came in here, the Hope Centre came available. That building came available. And... Um, it was not on my radar at the time. Well, it was on my radar, but it was two years in advance. And I thought, God, how are we going to do this? Little by little. God opened up some doors. It was amazing. We took an amazing step of faith and we bought that building. And, you know, it was empty for a little while. And I, I remember preaching a message on hands up, hands out, that this was our hands up building. You know, that true worship, according to Isaiah 58, is twofold. One is it's hands up in worship to the presence and the person of Jesus Christ. The other one is hands out to the purpose of Christ. Let me tell you, the two are one. And let me tell you, lifting our hands this way and worshipping God is not the full picture. The full picture is when we lift our hands up to the presence of God, but we also lift our hands out to the purpose of God. That is true worship. 
And we bought that building and prophetically, I believe that these two buildings, this building here is our hands up building. But this building here, our Hope Centre, is our hands out building. And that building's been through a bit of a journey. It's been through a journey. You know, people are funny because people keep saying to me, what are you going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Do you know what? God's got the plan. I just have to be obedient. I just have to trust him. I just have to have faith. I just have to step little by little. Little by little, God will unfold his plan for your purpose. For your purpose. Little by little, God will unfold, will reveal the next steps of your life. Isn't it interesting what it says in Psalms, that he lights my path. Sorry, his, his word is a lamp onto my feet. I wonder why he says that. I think it's because he lightens our feet because he, we can take the next step. All God asks of you is to take the next step. That's all he asks of you. Just take the next step. Just take the next step. That's why he, he, it's a lamp onto our feet and it's a light onto our path. Have you ever got a torch? You know, the torch doesn't show you right across. It might show you three metres. Why does God do that? Because it is a journey of obedience. It's a journey of faith. It's a journey of trust. And he continues. Some of you are walking through some stuff right now and you think, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Some of you are thinking right now, man, this mountain is so big. But let me tell you this. You go to God's word every day. He'll light your path. He'll light the, 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 the feet where you have to walk. He'll light where you have to take the next step. This is what I love about God, that every place, this is what he said to Joshua, every place you take a step. That's what he said, every place you step. The kingdom of God is revealed by you taking your steps in faith as God reveals them. But in December 2015, as we bought that building, the first person that were, were, came in was Cam. He's not here today because his brother and the whole family aren't here because one of their brothers got engaged last night, had a big party. And, um, but Cam came in. It was just a little area. He just took this little area of this massive warehouse but it was a beginning. It was a step. And he's got the business called Camprint. Services the community in screen printing. Our T-shirts for Hope Tour are made there. Our T-shirts for History Makers are made there. Our T-shirts for different community groups and different printing is made there. He's influencing the community in his way, which is quite amazing. Even the block, how many of you see the block? He does t-shirts for the block. So we are influential even in inspiring those sort of things. And then in 2016, Naturally Music came in. And Naturally Music provides singing and music and dance lessons to the community. And, you know, they took a certain area of that uh, of the actual warehouse. Little by little, God was doing something. Then in 2017, Uni Hill Counselling Centre started with Jean and Angie, and I see you're both here today. And I know, Jean, you're, I know you're going to kill me, but you know what? You're pretty far away this morning. You can't get to me. So I'm going to get you two ladies to stand for me. Could you please stand for me? I want you to give them a huge, huge hand. Would you please do that? Some of you might not know, um, but we have a counselling centre. Two rooms that are, we built in there. They're, they're great rooms. They, they've got great integrity in the sense that they, they're, 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 they're really nicely built. They're comfortable. Uh, they've got integrity where people can come in and feel safe. And uh, these two 
uh, great people have started this counselling centre, which is part of our church. But we really felt that we needed to have them in the Hope Centre because we need to have a, a counselling place where people can go and there's no agenda. It's not like we're trying to get you to church. We just want to help you. And if you're not aware, if you need counselling, if you have someone that you know needs counselling, there are, there are our counselling cards right at the back uh, in the foyer on the counter there where the information desk is. Please grab them, give them to your friends. Please pray for them because they do an amazing job. Do you know, you might not know this, but these two people go to Bendigo, I think it's, it's every fortnight. And they are absolutely, this is to our Victory Campus, they go there and they are inundated. They're literally booked out from morning to night uh, doing incredible work on behalf of not just Uni Hill Church, but behalf of the message of Jesus Christ, that there is hope. They drive up there two hours, they drive back, they have long days. Actually, Pastor Steve has spoken to me, he says, look, uh, is there any chance that one of them would move here? And, uh, you know, they're trying to flog them off of us. And I've said, you fat chance, that's going to happen. Because Angie's got her grandchildren here, there's no way she's moving. And, you know, we're not just letting Jean go. Jean's part of us and she's not going. But you do an amazing job. And then in 2018, you know, our training centre became accessible for our youth as we began to, uh, and for our young adults. And we also started, um, you know, uh, um, with Women's Life Centre, a counselling centre for pregnant mums. And, and Irene, I think I saw Irene here. Where is Irene? Is she here? Irene, you do, I know it's a small beginning, Irene. I know it's a small beginning, but I want to tell you something, that God is yeah. doing something. God is doing something. Just, you know, it starts little by little. Also, our playgroups. You know, we started our playgroups with just a small amount of people. And, um, you know, Marie, I want to commend you for this. You know, you, you've really, you, you know, you reached out to... Um, you know, the Victoria website, and you got a grant for us for $1,000, and now we're running two playgroups, can you believe that, that are getting 18 to 20 families uh, that are coming. Some of them are unchurched. Let me tell you, that's what it's about. That's about engaging the community, the unchurched, and, and all of a sudden, out of nothing, uh, things are happening far beyond what we could understand. And then, you know, we've, we've had this warehouse section of about 550 square metres, which has been very difficult to process and see what God has wanted to do. And we've tried some different things. We tried some pop-up shops, and, and I don't think Joe's here this morning. I spoke to her. Is she here? Joe, it's so great to see you. I spoke to her last night, and Joe, uh, you know, she had, gave us some great ideas. And, and Joe, I want you to stand just for a minute. Could you just stand for a minute? I want you to give this young lady a huge, huge hands because you have been part of that journey. We want to thank you for helping us during that period of time. And, you know, we, we just couldn't settle because we felt there was something that God wanted to do with that area. Uh, you know, we tried some different things, and Pastor John was amazing in doing that. We put him on staff about a year ago. And, you know, and I told our staff around June, July, we are going to see some breakthroughs. We're going to see God do something that we haven't haven't understood. I don't know why I felt that, but I really felt that in my heart. And this morning, I'm going to get Pastor John to come up and just share some the first announcement of our exciting news. So would you give him a hand as he comes this morning and uh, just shares with us those thoughts? Isn't he a great guy? Yeah. Eh? What a man of vision. Okay. 
one and a half pages of 12 months of things that have been happening. Let's see how we go. Isn't God good? How many people in this room have been on a journey themselves in different shapes and different forms, okay? And seeing the hand of God in your life and seeing things changing that you weren't predicting, you didn't think it was going to go that way, but God is God and we can trust him completely. So part of the journey for myself and for the Hope Centre has been building a team of volunteers, building a team of prayers, uh, building a, a team of different people at different times that just turn up at the most appropriate time and just say, look, I'll take that off you, I'll give you a hand and I'll do that for you. And without that team, I, I call them my army, without that team of people, we wouldn't be here today at the level that we are. So there's been some incredible things that have been happening over there that a lot of people wouldn't see and a lot of people wouldn't know where the Hope Centre has helped um, some single families moving home or getting set up somewhere else in another location, another time. There's been a domestic violence course, a survivor of domestic violence developed a course and so we sponsored her and she ran a course over there for the community and was running that and helping people get back on their feet again and bringing in specialists, whether it be police or um, lawyers or other people at different times during that course to help them. We're also in direct partnership with a food bank at Box Hill. Yes, we've got a food bank here where we distribute meals, but also there's a large uh, food bank at Box Hill that we're partnering with and we send volunteers to be part of that process too. Our vision, right from the start, through Pastor Nick and the, the leadership team here has been to restore, raise up and release people to, to what God has destined them to become, to help them on that, that journey. Things you wouldn't see behind the scenes, some partnerships that have been forming, huge organisations, much bigger than us, in uh, numeric terms, financial terms, that believe in our cause and have come alongside and blessed the Hope Centre, Graze Online, auctions, we have sold so much stuff through that warehouse by auctioning things nationally. We've raised over $38,000 by God's grace, by having donations of goods that we can recycle, repurpose, and then give that money back into community projects locally. That's, that's by God's grace. Lollipops. Who likes lollipops? Well, the other lollipops is right opposite our roller door. There's, there's a, a kids community there where they run programs. Joe and the team, they love us at Hope Centre. We've helped them, they've helped us. They're an amazing group. It's great to get to know your neighbours, isn't it? Uh, I've got a big list here. Kings, what little hair I've got left. I go across to Kings hairdressers, men's hairdressers opposite Coles. That guy's a Christian. His team are Christians. Anything we do in this church that's related to men, because they, they deal with men there, is we, we put brochures and leaflets there and he promotes it. He, he's one of our doorways into the community through Uni Hill Shops just across the road there. Craig Ondarchi, Liberal uh, MP, he's been promoting Hope Centre and, and the Uni Hill Church and he's had delegates from around this shire, around this region, come in and tell us what the needs of the community are and how we can connect with them and they can connect with the Hope Centre. There's been so many other things. We've had Bunnings, Bunnings at Mill Park, Thomastown and Broadmeadows. They came as a result of our guys that get together on a Friday, go and have coffee and uh, they, they were there regularly. And so one of the managers said, who are you blokes? What are you doing here? You know, what, what's your story? So they talked about Uni Hill Church. They talked about a Hope Centre. So next thing, a delegation came down. We had a meeting and they got on board with us. As a result of that, they donated $6,000 worth of racking for us 
for what we're about to announce and what we're doing. They gave us some sheeting to, to put on the back of that racking and shelving. They, they ran a training program during the week. The manager that runs Mill Park, she so believes in what we're doing and reaching and helping community, she came out of her own spare time to come down and run a training program for unemployed people. How to get back in the workforce, how to you do your CV, how to be interviewed, all, all that sort of stuff. Diamond Creek Men's Shed, they're engaging more and more with what we're doing and, and what we're part of and they want to be part of our army and reaching and helping community. So that's just the first paragraph, all right? I've got about 30 seconds. Let's just move on. So as we enter, that's just year one. As we enter the second year of uh, the Hope Centre, what else has been happening? There's been an amazing uh, set of things that God has been opening a door for us. And Irene, I want to commend you again. You're an amazing person. There's, there's an incredible group of people here, but the way you've reached out in faith and you've pressed through and continue to forge ahead with women's ministry and reaching and touching people in our community, we just want to honour you again and say thank you, Irene, and thank your team for what you're doing and the counselling backup that's part of that process. Because as a result, when they opened the Women's Life Centre, there was uh, a team of people came from outside this church, and one of which was a lady called Jody, And I met Jody. And she's the CEO of a group called Big Group Hug. And they, they reach vulnerable families with free gifts and free things to give to those families that might be leaving domestic violence or situations like that. So I want to explain to you, in 2014, there's a lady called Angela Wood. And she was motivated, I'm going to read this, to redistribute many of her pre-loved items that she had uh, to, to give to other families around the area, around Heidelberg. And as a result of the response, it was overwhelming. Back in 2014, she started getting family and friends to set up little hubs where they would gather things, cots, prams, all sorts of things, baby capsules, food. And when I say food, you know, um, what do you call the powder and the tin? Formula, there we go, that's good. No need to snap, I'm just asking. No, just joking, just joking. But all the things that that's 30 years gone by for me. But again, nappies. And so there was this wave built up. And so suddenly by 2014, one woman's dream, uh, she registered Big Group Hug. And now they're an amazing organisation. I found out they were at a church hall in Rosanna that had been sold and was about to be demolished. They needed a bigger premises. And I went to the leadership and I said, guys, and ladies, Marie, I said, team, we need to be praying about this. I've got this stirring in my spirit that I can't let go of. We're meant to partner with them. Sure, they can't afford the whole warehouse space, but we're meant to partner with them. Well, I'm telling you today, by God's grace, that we are now partnering with Big Group Hug. By God's grace, there's been someone come to me and pestered me, praise God for them, because I, I wouldn't tell them initially, what do you need, what do you need? Well, that person, by God's grace, has underwritten two years' rent for them as part of a subsidy. They, they contribute, and, and he's also contributed, so they can be partnering with us. They're going to move in after next week. They're going to be in there. Last year alone, they gave away, are you ready for this? 7,000 packs of free things to families from our area. 7,000, they're all volunteers. None of them draw a wage. They're an amazing group. And so our prayer is that this church is not only gonna give some space to a group called Big Group Hug, we're gonna love them. 
We're going to give them the biggest group hug they've ever experienced in the physical and the spiritual. I believe that we are going to love them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to support them. We're going to come alongside them. You can volunteer with them. You can donate to them. But we're going to show the love of God in our community through other communities. And, and also you would have seen through the men's groups that we've had Josh come here, Josh Wilkins, talk about One Voice. And so they have buses going around f feeding the homeless and showering the homeless. We're going to take a work party up and work at the rehab centre in Kilmore in two weeks. We're not trying to take over anyone. We're trying to come alongside and give a hand up and not a hand out. And that's our philosophy and that's what God is doing. And we want to honour God this morning and say thank you for what you're doing through this church, through the Hope Centre, to be an outreach to our community. Thank you. Bless you. Fantastic. I think you need to give him another big hand because, you know, he... Uh, you know, I'll never forget what Greg Murray said to us one day in a staff, staff meeting. He said, you know, we, we don't carry the gifts of God. We are the gifts of God. It changed our thinking. All our staff and people that... You, you all, all of us are a gift to each other. If you get that, it might change the way we treat each other. It might change the way we talk about each other. That's why the Bible says encourage each other. We don't just carry gifts, we are the gift. And John and Jan, you're a gift to our church. John, I want to commend you because Charles and I were like, hmm, hmm. You kept fighting, you kept really fighting for what was in your heart, what God had put in your heart, and I really want to commend you for holding on to that uh, conviction. Did you know that uh, Whittlesea has got one of the biggest uh, domestic issue problems uh, in, in Melbourne? It's massive. Is God doing something that's beyond our understanding? How did we get here? Little by little. Is it by chance that Irene... You've started this pregnancy group. Is, is that by chance? Is it by chance we have a counselling centre there? Is that by chance? Is it by chance there's a music school that maybe we could get some sponsorship to sponsor some of these kids? Is that by chance? Is it a coincidence or is it a God incident? I think it's a God incident. God is up to something little by little and we will keep you informed and we do want to have, when we have our mission summit, I'd love to bring Angela here from Big Hug Group. She's, uh, I think she's about 35 years old. Um, she's a dynamo. Um, she didn't want, she wanted, didn't want to do this. She said, you know, uh, she has a Catholic faith. And uh, she started giving. Listen to how this started. It started because she started seeing a neighbour in need. That's how Big Hug started. It started because she saw a neighbour in need. That's pretty biblical. Bible says, love your neighbour. Could it be that things could start just by loving our neighbours? Could it be that little by little starts in your street? Could it be that little by little starts by the person you're sitting next to today? You just don't know. Little by little. God does amazing things little by little. My second announcement is um, in November 2012... My wife and I came here. We had a clear mandate from God. And that mandate was to repurpose and to reposition the church on Bill's Road. Can I get you to stop playing? I'll tell you why. Because you're, you're stirring emotions in me that I don't want <laughs> stirred. 
I love you. You are absolutely amazing. Play happy music. Give her a hand, please. She's an amazing person. We came with a clear vision that God gave us to restore, raise up and release. We were, in our hearts, we came with this clear mandate. It was so clear that it was, even though the vision was simple, this was the boundaries, this was the arrowhead for our church. We were to reposition the church and build a brand new churches, new church building. We would repurpose the vision and reawaken the roots and the foundation that were in the church. Do you know, this church has been, it's, it's 40 years old. We're just stewards. And, um, you know, the roots of this church were apostolic, apostolic prophetic. All we did was reawaken them. Because we believed that God wanted an Ephesians 4.11 model, a training for life center. Not just for ministry, because there's nowhere in the Bible that it talks about that Jesus came to give us ministry and ministry in its abundance. He came to give us life and life in its abundance. And ministry comes out of your life. That we were to build a center where we would raise up leaders, we would raise them up, restore them, raise them up and release them into the purpose of God, whether that was locally, nationally or internationally. We were also to raise a new generation of leaders. I remember saying to the eldership at the time, and Robin, you were in that eldership, and I remember Ian was in that meeting, saying to the eldership at the time, let me find a young man that I could mentor for five years so that when my time had come and I'd finished the work that God had asked me to do, we would position him into the church and take the church into its future. At the end of last year, Meredith and I began to sense a stirring in our spirits that our season as seniors pastors were coming to an end. You better play something now. I think now would be a, now would be, no, don't, don't. Just play something happy. If you're going to play, play something happy. There's a few things that began to confirm that. Our parents are getting older and need care. Meredith's mum's not well. Uh, my mum, bless her heart, uh, has not been well and at the beginning of this year I heard a tone uh, her tone changed in her voice um, and she began to say to us I need the glasses it's time to come home you better play something now <laughs> can you play jingle bells or something like that it's terrible. I'm Italian. Our campus model needed to change uh, from a campus to a network model. And we had seen great development in our leaders. Two of our campus pastors had grown and were ready to take the next step. Last week at Victory, we announced that Pastor Steve Maisie would become the senior pastor of Victory Church Bendigo in November and he would also oversee Wangaratta and Alexandra. This week, it is my great joy, it is really my great joy to announce that Pastor Charles will become the senior pastor of Uni Hill Church and Box Hill Church as of November. And I think you need to give him a huge, huge hand.
Charles and April are amazing people. I have to keep reminding myself that he's 32 years old. Um, just amazing people. They've been with us since the, since the start, three months before we started. They have a great love for God, an incredible love for his people and his purpose. I've got total confidence, total confidence in them and in the team here at Uni Hill that Uni Hill will continue to move forward into the purposes of God. Um, April, this year, you have grown so much. When you first came, you walked behind Charles. Today, you walk beside him. And uh, that's exactly where you need to be. It's exactly where you need to stay. You are just as important to him and this church. It's very, very important. Uh, they are amazing people. I've not met... And I say this very honestly and very openly. I, I, I thank God for all the team we work with. We work some, with some amazing people. Um, but Charles is unique. I'll tell you why he's unique. Because he's so teachable. I, I, I've not met a young man, and I travel a bit, and I work with a lot of leaders. I've not met a young man with such a teachable spirit. And that's going to get you a long way. That's going to get you a long way. Um, Meredith and I will be relocating back to Adelaide to help take care of our parents and family and continue ministry on a national level, consulting and helping churches to grow and develop in our movement. The relocation is not a disconnection. I'll still remain the network leader, which is part of our movement's uh, structure. Our movement has got over 100 churches and we have different network leaders. I have the privilege of uh, overseeing five of those churches and we will be there to encourage and to support wherever needed. Charles, let me make this very, very clear. Charles will be the visionary, visionary senior pastor of this church. My role will be to support him, to encourage him and to help him along the future. Today is not a farewell, it is an announcement. The farewell will happen on Sunday, November the 18th, so don't come and say goodbye to us because we're not going yet. You can't get rid of us that fast. Um, and where we will farewell and induct Charles as the senior pastor. In the next few months, we will help and make sure that Charles has every opportunity to have things in place and ready to go as he takes the lead as senior pastor over Unihill Church and Box Hill. Uh, please pray for us. If you think it's hard leading churches, try leading my mother. That is going to be quite a story. <laughs> Meredith and I have been very blessed by God's grace and faithfulness and by the love of the people in our church. It has been a real joy and privilege to pastor Unihill Church and we'll always have fond memories of you. Thank you. from one crying generation to the next, amen. Um, Pastor Nick felt it'd be appropriate to just do a small reply. Um, humbly and gratefully, um, I thank God for an opportunity to lead. This isn't something you can earn. It happens because God chooses you. And he chose me. And I'm very, very grateful for that. I do want to honour Pastor Nick and Meredith. Thank you. 
uh, for what you've done and the season that you've led us. Uh, it has been the most uh, transformative season of my life and um, really we've got to be a part of seeing God unfold a miracle that we're here. And I'm very grateful I got to serve you and will continue the rest of your life. doesn't matter where you are because God's hands on you. And as I chase him, I know that you guys will be there. I'm excited for the next season of Uni Hill Church. And as we move forward in faith, I also gain great confidence from knowing that Pastor Nick and Meredith aren't leaving. It is a relocation. And because it's a relocation, Pastor Nick does remain our network leader, but I have, and he has graciously said yes, have asked him to remain on our eldership and to a small degree on our staff. Because even though he is situated in Adelaide, he remains my mentor, he remains our network leader, and I want to continue to glean from him wisdom and insight. And I am 32 years old and God has chosen me to lead in this season but fully being aware of my age I want to have the right people around me as we move into the future so I'm grateful that Pastor Nick stays uh, on our staff and on our eldership and remains as our network leader as we move forward as Uni Hill Church we will remain Uni Hill Church I was here when it was announced that restore, raise up, release training for life would be our vision and that the expression of hands up, hands out would be our mantle. That won't ever change. That is who we are. As we move forward, the expression may change a little bit. I'm a different person to Pastor Nick, but the value and the core value of who we are will not change. We will desperately seek the lost to see them restored to God and His purpose, to raised up in the call of God that He has for their life and released into the purpose of God for their life. We will train people for life. Life being that it is a lifetime that we continue to learn and train people to life, not just to ministry. Because out of life, out of who you are, flows how you serve. I love this community. I love you all. I pray for you all every day. I love God. And I am grateful for our past and the men that have led us. And I look forward to the future with excitement and anticipation. Excited about what God will do. Could we pray as a community? Awesome. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Thank you for Unihill Church. But Lord, Unihill Church exists because of Jesus. And we thank you for him. We thank you, Lord, for the lives and the people that have come into this house that, Lord God, are dedicated to loving you and serving you and serving your will. And Lord, I pray for Pastor Nick and Meredith in the next season. Let it be a season of blessing for their family, for their children, for their parents, for their lives, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you've strengthened them and appointed them for the season that they've been in. And Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that they are finishing well. I pray that it will catapult them into the next season of their life. 
Lord. I pray for just new uh, expressions of ministry, Lord, within the context as they minister to their family, as Pastor Nick uh, ministers at a national level, Meredith within schools and to her children and parents. And Lord God, we pray for Uni Hill. Lord, I pray that we will not become comfortable with where we are. But Lord God, if there remains hurting people, if there remains lost people, that we would pursue your purpose for them with all that we are and with all that is within us. Lord God, help us to grow closer to you. Help us to reach up to you and reach out to community. We thank you. We look forward to the future in faith, Lord. Lord, I thank you that there will be people that will be physically healed in this room. Lord, I just declare that the blind will see in this room. People will come in in wheelchairs and leave by the power of you, Holy Spirit, that you will heal them. Lord, we thank you for those that are lost and broken coming in, being restored to Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that there's an emergence of preachers that have never held a microphone. That, Lord God, there are pastors uh, that are learning to love people, Lord God. We thank you, counsellors, Lord God. We thank you that there are people that will minister in the world that you've put them in. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Now we do this every week and I just want to encourage everybody to close their eyes. I don't know everybody's world intricately, but I know that God does. And I know that we are here this morning because we have a relationship with Jesus who set us free from sin by overcoming the power of sin in our life, by dying on a cross and, and raising again. But I don't know if there's anybody here today and you don't know what your relationship with Jesus is like. The Bible's very, very simple. It says that if you call on, on Jesus and repent for what you've done wrong, you receive His forgiveness and you receive a relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I don't ever want to miss an opportunity in case there is someone. So with every eye closed across this place for privacy's sake, if there's anybody in this room and you're unsure about your relationship with Jesus and with God, I'd like to pray for you because we can, we can this morning determine that that relationship can be made right beyond a shadow of a doubt. And if that's you and you'd like me to pray with you as we all pray together, would you raise your hand just quickly, just while every eye is closed so I can see if there's anybody here. Awesome. So what we're going to do right now is we're just going to pray if everybody would repeat after me, that person that has raised their hands. I just want to encourage them to come and see me after the service. I've seen them. So I'd love to have a chat with you. But can we all pray together as a community? Just repeat after me. I'll say something. You say something. Dear Heavenly Father, right now I come to you and ask that you would forgive me of all the things I've done wrong. I know that through Jesus, I can be forgiven when I say sorry for my sins, believe that He was raised from the dead, says that I'm forgiven. So Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? so I can be in right standing with you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, let's give the Lord a hand. That no matter what you walk through, no matter the trials you face, Jesus has overcome the world. So you are in right standing with God. Amen. Can we just quickly, one more thing before we go. I just want to pray for those that we know that don't know Jesus yet. And let's pray that they're going to sit next to you in this room. Can we do that? Let's stand. Dear Heavenly Father, right now we just thank you for the community you've placed us in. But Lord, I pray for the people that are in our world that don't know you yet, Jesus. You know, it's funny. Just look at me for a minute. I was driving here this morning with Kiara and I was telling her about the um, uh, cafe that's in our area. And we have great relationship with those guys and I walk in and and uh, we have a chat and I ask about their life. And as we're walking out, Kiara goes, uh, are they Christians, Dad? And I said, not yet. I said, but what we're going to do is we're going to keep loving them because they know I love Jesus. And I believe that one day they're going to want to know that love. And she looked at me and she said, that's a great plan. <laughs> we need to love people around us, don't we? Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray that you will help us to love well and love right. Lord God, we thank you that we can love the person and not the situation that they currently walk in. And we pray, Lord God, that you would let your light shine through us, Lord, so that they see what we're doing, but all honour and glory comes back to you, Jesus. Please give us opportunities to invite. Lord, let this be a church that constantly is inviting the people in our community, knowing wholeheartedly that you can change any world, any life, any person to restore them to God. Please give us opportunity and give us faith to walk in it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. We'll see you next week.